Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hello, everybody. This is Sandy broadcasting from Israel for the second week in a row. I am here for a few weeks to visit my daughter who now lives here with her family. So I get to spend amazingly delicious time and with, with my granddaughters. Um, one is almost three and one is almost two months. And if you talk about unconditional love, there's nothing like the love of a grandchild and a grandmother. Um, so if any of you have experienced that, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, and it's, it's really just the most yummy thing. So enough about my grandchildren and welcome to Last First Date Radio. We are a featured show about attracting and sustaining healthy relationships, especially in midlife. Every week, I bring you in-depth interviews with top experts and cutting-edge authors in the field of dating and relationships. And today, I am going to be speaking with communications expert and author Sandra Fisher about communication tips for successful relationships. And this is for couples and singles. This is going to be a really rich show. Um, Communication is one of the most important parts of a relationship. Anybody who has ever been in a relationship knows that when communication breaks down, it is really, really hard to have a healthy, happy, loving relationship. So this is something that I focus on. I'm really excited to talk about this today. And, um, you know, one of the major focuses of my work is not just communication, but helping women value themselves and become women of value. And if you don't value yourself and and, um, learn how to create deeper, more authentic, meaningful connections, um, it's going to be really hard to have somebody value you for who you are. So every week I share a tip on how to be a woman of value, and this week's tip is to forgive yourself and others. So often it's hard to forgive forgive others, but especially um, it's important to forgive ourselves, to be kinder to ourselves. And when it comes to forgiving others, it doesn't mean that you condone what they have done if they have hurt you. It means that you have forgiven them and found compassion for them and moved on from them. Because if you stay angry and connected in a, in a really hurtful, hateful way, it just hurts you. So forgive yourself and others is this week's Woman of Value Tip of the Week. And um, another way to become a Woman of Value is to head over to my website, lastfirstdate.com, And sign up for my free guide if you don't have it yet. It is about the top 10 reasons why men pull away or disappear and how you can finally attract and keep the love you deserve. I want you to stop sabotaging your love life and start taking back your control by being a true woman of value. And one last thing is if you're not yet a member of my free private Facebook group called Your Last First Date, Uh, please join us. Please apply to join. Just go to Facebook and enter in your last first date in groups and apply to join. This is for women only, for single women only over 40. Um, And so 
If you want a place where the conversation is positive and supportive, come on over. All right, and now for Sandra Fisher. She is our guest today. She's a professional writer and consultant with a diverse background, specializing in communications, people development, and optimizing organizational effectiveness. With 25 years of experience working for companies including Microsoft, Amazon, and AT&T, her experiences have been as unique and broad as managing the homepage for Amazon.com to developing an online marketing campaign for a literary novel launch. Join me now for episode number 253, Expert Communication Tips for Successful Relationships with Sandra Fisher. Welcome to the show, Sandra. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you. Exciting topic, one of my favorite topics. So let's let's dive right in. And dive right um, in. <laughs> can you share with us, yeah, what are some of the most common mistakes that people make in relationships? Well, I, I think that this is um, God. This is a, a place where you know, we could spend a really long time. So I'll try to be super concise. Um, I think to start, really, people fail to listen to each other, and they fail to listen with empathy. Um, and listening is, you know, I I, I kind of laugh at listening because it's such a broad concept. There's so many pieces of really being a good listener. Um, you know, it's it's un- trying to understand, being curious being patient and really trying to understand the person's point of view and not always wanting to jump in and talk. Um, your body language, your uh, tone of voice, the words that you use, what are you doing when you're actually talking or trying to listen? Are you playing with your phone? Um, and so really being a good listener, I think, is one of the you know top qualities and, and skills that people can have in society in successful relationships, but it's also really one of the most common places where people make mistakes. Um, mm. So I think I think learning and how Very to be true. a really good listener is is super super important. Um, and you know, I think people get really impatient; they want things to happen now, um, and a lot of that is driven by fear. Um, and so I think fear is is probably and letting fear drive behaviors, letting fear drive um, beliefs. Um, it creates so many misconceptions, so much impatience, and people start demanding things. And, you know, so when people operate from a place of fear, um, it becomes very difficult to be open and be vulnerable and to be allow each other to be who they are in a relationship. You tend to try to control things a lot more. So I think fear is, is mm-hmm. um, a place where people, uh, when they operate from that place, it's not a great place to be in a a good, solid, meaningful connection um, that brings us a lot of joy. Um, Another place is I think people operate from old paradigms that don't fit them anymore. So we grow and evolve over time, and, you know, particularly when you're dating, um, you know, later in your life, you have paradigms that come from your childhood that maybe come from your first marriage or your early relationships, Um, And, you know, you also, over your life, absorb things from the environment around you. And we don't often step back and say, wait, does this work for me anymore? And at this point in my life, what is it that I want? What is it that I need? And given the knowledge I've gleaned throughout my life, what, you know, what is the paradigm I want to work from for a relationship that feels right for me now? So we tend to fall back Mm -hmm. on what used to work. 
um, because that feels comfortable um, without really looking at what do we want going forward. So we attract more of the same um, of what we've always done versus really, you know, like taking a positive look forward um, and attracting what we really want to have in a positive future for ourselves. Um, You know, and I think also, you know, we tend to look at all the relationships around us and we, uh, through all of the anecdotal research I've done over the years, we tend to look at at other relationships, but what's going on under the hood isn't always what we think is happening, and nobody really talks about what is going on in relationships at times. And so we're sort of holding ourselves up to a standard that actually doesn't exist. And so when we go really sit and look at what we want for ourselves without looking always at the outside world and measuring ourselves against that, um, when we can do that, step away from that, we tend to be able to formulate a, a model that fits better for ourselves. Um, I think, mm-hmm. too, that you know you talk at the beginning about being a, a woman of value or a man of value, and I think that is, is one of the places where, particularly for women, we just don't know our value enough. We tend to look at other people to fill ourselves up, and we don't recognize and honor the value that we bring to the table. We don't um, create our own sense of safety. We don't create our own sense of love for ourselves. Um, And when we go into a relationship and we expect someone else to be able to fill that up for us, um, it's it's always going to break down because there's no one else that can fill us up enough to, you know, if we don't love ourselves, no amount of someone else loving us is going to fill that space. Um, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I think, you know, oftentimes people feel the need to be right. The, the, you know, the older we get, the, sometimes the more set in our opinions and our ways. So we tend to be a little bit less flexible. Um, and I think another really big one, at least that I've come across is just not understanding or striving, um, to provide what the big things are for our partners and for ourselves. But, you know, when we're in relationship, um, you know, what is important to my partner? What makes them feel safe? What makes them feel loved, appreciated, seen? And, you know, working to, uh, you know, as a, as a team to provide those things for each other and, and for our partner so that they can thrive and grow. Mm. Well, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> They're all wonderful and that's uh... We could do a show on each one of those. Um, I think so. so thank you for all that. Um, um, well, so while you were talking about so many things, and um, the last call, the last radio show that we did was uh, was focused on. Um, uh, we did a whole piece on listening, um, on, a, on thriving relationships, but on listening in particular, and. Um, and she shared an exercise, a listening exercise, to help people listen more empathically. Um, and I'm wondering if you can um, share an exercise that will help people in any of these many things that you just uh, listed um, to help people start to improve, whether it's self-love or maybe operating from old paradigms or you know, being fear-based. Um, is there anything that people can do today to to really just start making a change? Um, Well, I think, 
you know, I'm I'm going to give something a little bit bigger that's more time intensive um, first, and then I'll do something that's a little bit smaller. Um, one is get yourself some skills. Um, you know, it's not like you can go to Safeway and buy them, but um, you invest in learning about how to be a good listener. So, you know, read some books, go to a class, um, and it doesn't always have to be super complicated, but go find places where you can um, find experts, such as the Gottman Institute, for example, or working with you, or find some expert resources that can help you develop these skills, because relationships are one of those places where I've found, um, you know, we we will educate ourselves about our jobs, we will educate ourselves um, about learning how to knit or to drive a car better. I mean, there's a thousand things where we actually go out and actively get educated. Relationships tend to be one of those places where we have most of our skills developed from osmosis or just looking at the environment environment around us, and we tend to think, oh, yeah, we, we can just do these things. But really, getting some good skills and understanding the concepts of of what involves is involved in good listening. But the other piece is really, you know, spend five minutes, ten minutes a day with your partner, and put the phones down, all the technology aside, turn the TV off, and take yourself to a quiet place, and just spend ten minutes, five minutes each, and just talk about your day. And each person gets five minutes. The other person doesn't interrupt. You look at each other in the eye, and you practice that every day. So for 10 minutes, you just give each other that time. You don't try to fix anything. You don't talk over each other. You can maybe ask a question or two in the conversation. But you just sit with each other in that moment. And I think that begins to develop that sense of patience, that sense of listening, that sense of tuning out the distractions. And each person gets that moment where they can just be heard. They can say what they want to say, what they need to say. Mm. And that's something we can all do. Yeah, it's simple. And it really, people can do this even if they're not in a partnership. They can do it with, with friends, they can do it with anybody. I mean, I, I find even while I'm here with my granddaughters, you know, just spending time with my three-year-old granddaughter instead of being on my phone, you know, just putting the phone down and saying there's this precious little person in the next room, um, let me give her my full attention. And you can see the difference in even in such a small child that when she's given the right focus and attention she she just thrives you know and we have a, a really special connection because of it so I think you know this is just an important skill that we are so bad at today with so many distractions especially with technology mm-hmm. so yeah put the phone down put a, put it on a date put it down when you're with a friend yeah. I mean, huh? um, <laughs> um yeah yeah this, these are great um I am um, I and, do and that with developing my... a sense of patience with your what? Oh, go ahead. There's a a slight delay. Um, so I apologize if oh. I if I spoke over. Um, no, I do it with my 13, oh, no. almost 13 year old daughter. Um, you know, and we'll sit and we'll you know put our phones down and um, and it's great because like you said, you know it it gives her a sense of she's really being heard. I'm in the moment. I'm not distracted by trying to fix dinner or do something else. I'm actually in that moment with her. And we're looking at each other. Um, that connection with the eyes mm. is also uh, kinesthetically really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was out to dinner with a friend, 
And she was telling me that her boss, who is now her boss, when she first met him, he did not make eye contact at all. And she, he also was trying to lowball her on her salary, and she immediately assumed that he was not trustworthy, that he was a liar. And she made up a whole bunch about him, and she really um, just didn't want to work with him. And she then, over time, she, she, he really pursued her, and she finally realized that he wasn't a bad person, he wasn't a liar, he just had trouble with eye contact. And, um, and he, made, he made no eye contact with anybody. Um, it was a problem that he had. Uh, but now she enjoys working with him. So it's, she said she learned a lot from that experience of that not making assumptions about people, but also how important eye contact is because body language really matters. Um, how we how we sit, how we face each other, how we look at each other, really, it all matters. Uh, but let's let's um, let's go on to um, like if, if people are in the dating phase uh, and. They want to enter a new relationship, and a lot of people are at this point where should I stay or should I go? Um, what are some people should ask themselves before they actually enter into a new relationship? Um, I think you know one of the key questions is really understanding um, you know what's really important to them and having that pretty clearly defined, uh, you know, and they don't have to have, you know, this person has to have brown hair and blue eyes and have this kind of a job. Um, I think it's really more about what is going to create a fulfilling life for them in terms of having a partnership. Um, Second, I think people really have to understand what do they bring to the table, what's really positive, um, and also where do they need to do more work. I always crack up, you know, when you go to a nursery to buy a tree on the label. You know, it says this tree is going to grow 15 feet. And you come home, you put it in the ground, you give it some TLC, and it turns out, no, that tree actually isn't going to grow 15 feet. It's just going to keep growing. Um, And, you know, so we never, (laughs) ever stop growing, just like trees don't ever stop growing. Um, And especially, you know, the more you care for it and the more you love it. So I I think that's an interesting concept of it, you know, growing eventually stops because it doesn't. So where can we grow more? Where do we need to invest in ourselves? Um, So growth Mm -hmm. doesn't have an end point. And, you know, I think Mm -hmm. what are they ready for is also a really good question Um, and being clear about that. So are they ready for potentially getting married again? Are they ready just for dating? Are they putting their toe in? So kind of where are they on that scale? Um, And, you know, are they just, uh, in terms of that readiness, you know, are they, do they feel confident in their own life and on their own so they're not really looking for someone else to fill a hole that was left by someone else or some other experience? Can they meet their own needs because when you can and you it goes back to that sense of value when you can meet your own needs you come into potential relationship situations with a lot more confidence um and there's a power balance too um you know i've watched some mm-hmm. uh folks date um you know that are kind of later on in life and and their circumstances are uh you know uh, they have, you know, had previously been married and um, left in maybe some difficult financial straits or 
um, difficult emotional straits, and then they just rush right into recreating the situation that they had left previously, um, and they aren't necessarily any happier than they were before. It's just the scenery looks different. Um, so really, mm-hmm. you know, are you are you standing on your own two feet, and are you are you happy in your own right, and you're not looking for a relationship to fix something? Mm-hmm. So these are all great questions to ask yourself, um, and I'm also wondering, like when when you're evaluating a partner, are you looking that you know that for them to have done the same work? Like how what what kinds of questions do you want to ask about a, a partner? a potential partner? Um, I think, you know, in the beginning, you know, really understanding where they are in their lives and, um, you know, have they done the work? And I think there's lots of great questions that can get at that, which is one of the things that, you know, um, I created a tool called Relationship Reveal. And, when I, you know, I encourage people to use it to help identify what's important to them in a partner and in their relationship, and then it, it also gives some questions to uh, get at that when you're talking with someone else. But in in general, I think, you know, if you know what's important to you, ask them about those things. Um, you know, if it's really important to you that you have uh, the space and time and freedom to travel, you know, talk to them about, you know, what what interests you about this, about your life now? Um, you know, how do you feel about getting involved? Um, how do you feel about, you know, um, affection and kissing? How do you feel about uh, uh, a sense of freedom? How do you feel about, um, you know, really anything that is important to you. So how do you feel about listening? What have you learned from previous relationships? What have you learned about what you want from your life going forward? So, you know, I think that there's lots of questions that you can ask. One of the things that I I think can be really important in that um, get-to-know-yourself phase or get-to-know-each-other phase and when you're asking other partners is you want to be careful not to make it like you're giving them a questionnaire um, and make it light Mm -hmm. and fun and, you know, getting to know who are they as a person and then you can start to make those things line up. Um, But just find out, you know, what, what are you interested in? What do you like? What um, what excites you um, in terms of being in the world today? You know, where are your priorities? You know, tell me about your family and your experiences, your past life. What do you you know your you know where where what is the road you've traveled to get here? So there's lots of questions that you mm-hmm. can ask to get to know people. Yeah, I think that these are great questions, and I think also the whole interview interrogation thing. I mean, I've heard men say to me, I feel like I'm on, uh, you know, I'm being being interrogated. And it's such a big turnoff when somebody just fires a lot of questions. And, and it really calls to mind what you brought up before about fear, that mm-hmm. um, many people are dating with tremendous fear and they're trying to prevent future heartache. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and they keep asking these questions to make sure they don't get hurt again. And it's, then it, it's like you're bringing all your past baggage 
to the date, um, basically saying, I got hurt. Somebody cheated on me, so maybe you'll cheat on me. And mm-hmm. so I'm going to ask you a million questions to find out if you cheated on your spouse. And, you know, it's like, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so and I, I think don't that, do that. Uh, yeah, don't do that. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I think it's that light, it's that light, fun aspect of, of getting to know someone again, Um of being in that initial dating stage. And I think people, they want to rush sometimes when they're coming from a place of, of if you're coming from a place of needing to be filled up by someone else, mm-hmm. then you will tend to want to rush things. You have a goal in mind. It's like, okay, I want to get married again. And then it's like you just mm-hmm. want to rush through different phases. And I think people sometimes will stop, fail to stop and actually enjoy the process, the unfolding of mm-hmm. um of something beautiful, you know, and and even if, you know, the person that you're sitting across from isn't the one that maybe you're going to be in a long-term relationship with, maybe you date a couple of times, um, there is really can be a lot of of pleasure and enjoyment in just that process of discovery with someone else um, if you make it Mm -hmm. really light and fun and positive. And then with each time you go out and you're getting to learn something new about someone else, you're also learning more about yourself. Yeah, so true. And and I'm actually dating while I'm here in Israel. Um, I decided, what the heck, like, you know, let's see what dating's like here. And mm-hmm. um, I've had two dates. I have another one coming up. And, um, and it's really interesting for me to compare and contrast how men are here as opposed to uh-huh. in the New York area. Um, and I'm finding men are a lot more clear in, in general. They they're clear with their intention. They're much quicker to get to get to the first date and the first phone call. Um, they're not like hanging out on text, you know. And it's it's I like it. I like it a lot. And you know, and I'm always open to you know what can you learn about about them and about yourself. I think it's it's a journey. Um, so um, we just have a few minutes left and I, I want to um, kind of talk about something that I think would apply to both people in in dating and also people who are in relationships already and that is um, one of the hardest things to communicate which is when your feelings are hurt um, so can you give some tips on on how to have that conversation in a in a way that keeps you connected to the other person. Um, you know, when I was younger, one of the first things I ever learned about communicating with um, another person is, you know, how to avoid blaming. Um, and it's difficult because when we communicate to someone that we've been hurt, um, you know, in, inherently in that conversation, there's you did something that hurt me, and, and I'm and I'm sad. And if someone loves you, then they're going to be sad too that they've done something to hurt you. Um, so I think keeping um, when we have to communicate something like that, I think keeping it honest um, and real and being brave enough to actually say something about something that's hurt us. A lot of times we get in the habit of stuffing our feelings. So being mm-hmm. as, as, you know, coming forward to someone and being kind and saying, I feel, fill in the blank, I feel sad that the other night when I was trying to talk to you, you just rolled over and went to sleep and that really hurt my feelings. 
is there a way, you know, can we talk about this some more? And maybe if I want to recognize that maybe you were tired, is there another way that we can find a way to communicate? Um, And so trying to collaboratively come up with solutions, stay away from blaming statements. um, And really one of the most important things is finding the right timing to have the conversation. So if you're trying to tell somebody that your feelings have been hurt, um, when they're out the door, you know, headed out the door to go to work, when they're stressed, when maybe they've had a really bad day, the outcome of that conversation is not going to be as positive as if maybe you waited um, till there might be an opportunity um, to have a much more positive outcome when they're in a without, they don't have as many distractions, they're in a better frame of mind, and maybe you can even set it up in advance and say, hey, can I have a few minutes of your time later this afternoon, maybe I can come down and we can have lunch, when would be a good time to have a conversation? And then they can feed back to you, oh, hey, I'll be home at this time tonight, let's, you know, let's talk then. So this goes back to that thing almost where I started where we talked about impatience, and when we have to have everything happen right now, sometimes we fail to find the right timing. So a lot of that in communicating those feelings is staying away from blaming, um, communicating honestly and using I statements about how you feel and not necessarily what they did. Mm -hmm. Well, you did this to me. Here's how I feel about this and finding the right time to do so and coming up with a solution so that it may not happen again in the future. I love it. Yeah, really, really important to take take responsibility for your feelings because honestly, nobody can argue with how you feel. Um, and if somebody actually does, that's a really bad sign. Um, you're too sensitive. <laughs> yeah. You're too you whatever. That's that's a bad. That's not a good relationship um, quality. Um, so this, I mean, there's so much more to say. This is a really rich conversation, and I I truly appreciate you being on the show and would love for you to let people know about the Relationship Reveal game and anything else that you'd like to share about how people can reach you. Um, yeah, the Relationship Reveal game, It's uh, you can buy it on Amazon or you can check out the website at relationshipreveal.com. Um, I love it when people send me emails with questions or thoughts about it, and, um, you know, uh, I just... I'm really hopeful that it can help people develop more meaningful connections. And even with couples that have been together a really long time, they've found out new wonderful things about each other. So it's something you can build into your relationship to make those daily investments um, that are so important to keep our relationships strongly connected. So, And I really appreciate you having me here today. And enjoy your time in Israel. Well, thank it sounds you. delightful. Thank you. I know. It's an amazing opportunity. Thank you so much, Sandra, and uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in today, and I hope that you all go on your last first date very soon. Have a great day. Bye.